Welcome, everybody, at another episode of the Wrestling vs. the World podcast. If y'all are enjoying your day, sweet. If not, whatever. So, this is something that is completely out of the norm. Mainly because, I don't know, I never really followed this company. Because by the time I got into wrestling, this company was dead. But even now, I rarely ever go back to watching this stuff. But today, for today's episode of the podcast, we are going to be covering... The series finale, aka the final episode of WCW Monday Nitro, Panama City Beach, Florida, March 26, 2001. The episode where it all came to an end and the Monday Night Wars were forever done. Now this was not the final broadcast ever by WCW, even though they were purchased by this point. Because WCW Worldwide would end the whole reign of WCW on television later on that week, but... This was still the final Nitro, and I know there were also some WCW-exclusive programmings that were happening later throughout 2001, but in terms of brand new, fresh content, this was coming to an end. So to start off the show, you have that infamous promo. Vince is doing the whole simulcast saying, Hi, Vincent Kennedy McMahon. I'm here on Monday Nitro, and I purchase my competition. And he announces that the fate of WCW is in his hands. Yeah, we've seen that image a lot of times on YouTube within these list channels, haven't we? So, it's announced that there's going to be this big gimmick special, like, themed episode, Night of Champions for the WCW Spring Break 2001, for the final episode, and all five titles in the company will be put on the line. The World Title, US, World Tag Team Titles, Cruiserweight, and Cruiserweight Tag Team Titles. So, five title ma- titles on the line within this night. To start off the show, Ric Flair comes down to the ring to open Nitro, talks about Vince's show-opening promo about the fate of WCW being in his hands and all that shit. And Flair doubts that it means that Vince will own everything in WCW because Flair is touting about being a 14-time champion and declares that WCW is the greatest wrestling company in the world, but then he would reveal in later interviews that he was glad it was done. And he demands that, reminds Vince that WCW has run neck-and-neck with WWF for years, Flair also kind of knows that a little bit, even though the war, even though there was also a bit of back and forth before the war began in 95, because he jumped ship a couple times. And even reminded him that in 1981, when Vince was trying to be an announcer himself, his father, Vince McMahon Sr., voted for Flair within like the board of directors or whatever group it was for Flair to become world champion for the very first time that year. So Flair had a McMahon behind him at the time. He says that Vince McMahon can't control them because they're WCW stars. WCW homemade talent was there paving the way and making WCW what it was, give or take some of the good or bad stuff. And he questioned, has Vince ever wrestled for an hour or bled for the sake of the business while also wrestling long matches, having to live the life of a wrestler with traveling all the time, wrestling 40 days, 40 nights in a row and all that shit? Probably not. Flair then declares that Sting who has been his greatest opponent in the company, would also be his opponent for that night, which also gets constant sing chance. So, the main event, Flair Sting to end Nitro. Now we get the first match, the champion versus champion match. WCW champion Scott Steiner taking on Booker T, the United States champion, in a title unification match. Yes, the two biggest single titles that you had was opening what's happened in the first opening match of the show. And Booker started off strong, Harlem sidekick for near fall already on Steiner. Pretty harsh way to get started. Steiner even prevents a like the full corner 10 punches with a power bomb for near fall. Booker even avoided the lead pipe shot that Steiner tried doing on the outside, but Steiner just shook it off. It's like usually you do that shit where you hit the post anyway, you feel some kind of damage because hey, you make full contact, but Steiner just was like, eh, it didn't hurt. 
Uh, twist Steiner did that twisting belly to belly suplex. One of the, if you need a reminder, what it looked like it was the final suplex he delivered on Triple H a few years later. Out of the corner, got for near fall, and even did a surfboard stretch. Booker even got a desperation drop kick to get some separation. Got the scissors kick to Steiner. Flapjack with the spin Rooney sucker. Hit another Harlem sidekick. Booking got reversed into a Northern Light suplex, which I liked. Nice little comp counter there. Booker lands on his feet to avoid another powerbomb and gets the bookend to win the match and become the undisputed world champion. So he's holding the WCW and United States Championships at the same time. And the fate of those would later be seen a couple months later with, when he jumps ship over the WWF with the Invasion storyline going on. So Booker T closes his time in WCW on a positive note. Then we are getting back and forth footage involving Vince throughout the night and shows that he's on the phone. He's talking about that night, talk shit about Nitro being in Florida of all places, beer drinking redneck country, whatever. Now we get to the second contest. Triple threat tag team match. Three count, represented by Shannon Moore and Evan Courageous, against Yang, aka Jimmy Wang Yang, and Katsuhi Hayashi. Yeah, that's who it was. And the Filthy Animals members being Rey Mysterio and Billy Kidman where the winning team would later on get a WCW Cruiserweight tag team title shot. Things were going off fast page right at the start. Hayashi broke up Sunset Flip pin between Kidman and Moore. Courageous got a nice wheelbarrow face buster on Hayashi. Race sending Yang to the outside with a springboard dropkick and a springboard somersault plunge to the outside. So everybody's just going fast paced and everything. It's like, hey, we ain't got much time and a lot of these matches were short as proof of it. Moore had a twisting moonsault off the top rope to the outside to Hayashi and Yang. Kidman even got on the top rope. Shooting star press taking out Hayashi. Moore Courageous. Yang even drops Rey Mysterio face first on the top turnbuckle and gets a corkscrew moonsault, which I believe he was calling Yang Time, although I think he later named Yang Time just as a standard moonsault when he was the redneck in WWE. Furnier fall because Kidman pick, breaks up the pin, and then the pace is picking up because everybody's got to get their shit in. Grace has even got a 450 splash on Ayashi for near fall, thanks to Kidman getting, breaking up the pin. Shane Moore stops Rey Mysterio with the Bronco Buster by booting him up in the nuts. Yeah. <laughs> And down, down at the end, it's still between Ray and Moore. Moore sent on the apron. He gets tangled up a bit in the ropes, and Ray gets a guillotine leg drop off the top rope. Two more through the ropes and gets the pin. So Ray Mysterio and Billy Kidman get the tag team victory, and they will go on to face the cruiserweight tag team champions Kid Romeo and Elix Skipper. Prime time, Elix Skipper. Later on. Now Vince is doing another phone call, and Trish arrives with champagne and some glasses. And Vince is like, "Damn it, I don't want to drink. I want to make out." So he just throws the glass aside, and thankfully they don't show Vince fully making out because he's zooming on the camera away from his face while he's laying on top of her. Probably came in his pants that fast. Now the next contest, Chavo Guerrero Jr. versus Sugar Shane Helms for the Cruiserweight Championship. And what is it with Shane Helms' music where it just kept repeating Vertebreaker every few words? Vertebreaker. I'm going to do the Vertebreaker. It's Vertebreaker. Time for the Vertebreaker. Good lord. Both men are just going fast-paced right off the gate because, again, we're crunched on time in this show. Uh, Kimmin had a or sorry, Shane Helms had a fireman carry, spun into a knee facebreaker, and got a jumping neck breaker as well afterwards on Chavo. Chavo sends Shane to the outside and then brings him back in for some reason just to hit a back suplex. Why something outside if you're just going to immediately bring him back in? Shane flies with the top rope sunset flip for near fall and takes a clothesline for near fall by Chavo. Top rope crossbody by Shane gets another near fall, and Chavo counters out of nowhere with a T-bone suplex for near fall of his own. Chavo avoids a super kick out of the corner, a few reversals back and forth. Shane finally gets a super kick after Chavo bounces out of the corner. Vertebreaker avoided. 
Looks like Chava's gonna go for like a brain buster. Shane reverses that. For a breaker, boom, Shane wins, retains the Cruiserweight Championship. And thankfully, this championship was one of the ones that would also get brought over to the WWE once the invasion takes on or takes place. Then they show Burt T backstage. He's talking about and reflecting on the history of his victory and the end of WCW, posing with both belts. So, reflection this, saying, don't hate the player, hate the game, or any of that shit. Next title match. Lance Storm, Mike Awesome of Team Canada versus the WCW World Tag Team Champions, Chuck Palumbo and Sean O'Hare. Canadian National Anthem is playing as they go into the commercial, and as we come back from break, Michael Cole is interviewing Vince McMahon regarding WCW talent having concerns about their job security. Vince is like, you should be concerned about your own job security, pal, now fuck off! So now we get into the match. Palumbo gets a night caught Lance Storm early on, threw him into a fallaway slam, gets distracted by Mike Awesome by knocking him down on the apron, then turns around and eats a super kick. Storm, another nice moment they had was when Storm got catapulted into the corner, bounced off the top turnbuckle, and then fell backwards into another sunset flip position pin. Nice little move there. O'Hare got a re his reverse fireman's carry slam. I don't know what he was calling it back then on Mike Awesome. And then Storm breaks the pin up. Both teams are in. Everybody's fighting. Palumbo eats the super kick. Palumbo at the end avoids the awesome bomb. Hits a super kick onto Mike Awesome. And then Sean O'Hare off the top rope hits the Sean bomb for the victory. So Chuck Palumbo and Sean O'Hare retain the world WCW World Tag Team Championships. And I believe they're the ones that also are champ they bring the Tag Team Champions as well. Sorry, the Tag Team Championships as well over to the WWF because I know they do the unification, but I believe they were still remained identified as champions as they went into in for the invasion. Now we get the shortest match of the night. Bam Bam Bigelow, Sean Stasiak, where if Stasiak loses, he must get a tattoo from Bigelow. Miss Hancock, a.k.a. Stacey Gilbert, comes out. She's like, do you want to see me dance? you want to see me strip? Well, too bad, bitches. It's like, you all ain't getting it. So Stasiak is, comes out after getting introduced, but then also out comes Bigelow. He's charging in with the tattoo equipment case. Referee takes it away, and that's enough of a distraction for a hot start. Bigelow gets... Ends up slamming Stasiak, hits the flying headbutt. Stacey's distracting the referee long enough for Bigelow to let go of Stasiak while getting the pin. Stacey stops the greetings from Ashbury Park. Stacey, like, pulls Stasiak down. Stacey gets a reverse neckbreaker, and that's it. So within a minute and a half, it's over. Yay, good use of Bigelow. Remember how many times I kept saying Bigelow didn't do shit after his WWF run outside the ECW stuff? This is proof of it. Now you also get another backstage segment into the WWF. Regal sporting the WWF WrestleMania 17 jersey with the logos and everything like that in Vince's office. And he questions Vince, why, sir, did you buy WCW? Because that place was shit in my eyes. And that'll come back to haunt him in just a little bit. They show back the pre-recorded message earlier in the day from DDP talking about the end of WCW and thank the WCW fans for what they've given him. Thinking Kimberly, he broke kayfabe a bit by bringing up his real name and all that shit. And then you see Vince on the phone again saying that he's ready for the simulcast promo, so he's ready to make his way down to the ring and all that shit. Now we get the last title match of the night. Elish Skipper and Kid Romeo, the WCW Tag Team Champ Cruiserweight Tag Team Champions, defending against Rey Mysterio and Billy Kidman in this big match. And right off the bat, Tony Schiavone is not happy with those remarks and takes a shot at Regal on commentary right off the bat saying, Hey, Steven Regal, we put your ass on TV and we put your ass over. Fuck you. So... Of course, it's cruiserweights. They're going to go fast-paced. Skipper gets held up by Kimmon with like a double, almost like a double chicken wing, and Ray gets a flying front drop kick, and then Skipper gets dropped into the face buster. So nice double-team maneuver there. 
Kid Romeo got a alley-oop face buster to Billy Kim in. I kind of like that move. Always doing in the WWF games to tangle up somebody in the ropes. Skipper's tagged in. He needs a running crossbody for two. Romeo gets a drop kick on Kim in midair before Skipper and Ray get tagged in. Skipper eats a springboard sent seated senton. Tornado DDT gets hit on Kid Romeo. Then Kidman and Ray and Skidman, uh, Skipper are in the ring. Romeo's already taken out. They do a poetry in motion with the flying with Ray doing a flying forearm instead of like the typical poetry in motion that you see by Jeff Hardy and everything, but you know the setup. And Kidman even gets a little drop kick to Skipper as he's seated in the corner, and Ray finally gets that Bronco Buster instead of getting kicked in the nuts again. Romeo gets that Romeo gets a spinning, even though I put in my notes saying spinner, but spinning double underhook face buster. I know this is that kind of move that Christopher Daniels uses as a finisher on on Kidman and Ray breaks up the pin. Ray hits and na nails a face buster, or sorry, power bomb, falling headbutt off the top rope for a near fall. Skipper gets that cross arm electric chair chair drop. I don't know what it was called, like a gentleman's clutch or something like that. I know it's in the video games, but I couldn't identify what the move was. It's like almost like a straight jack in the way, lifts him up in an electric chair, drops him for the pin. Kimmin avoids the play of the day, aka the playmaker, and hits the kick crusher for the win. So, Billy Kimmin and Rey Mysterio are the final ever WCW Cruiserweight Tag Team Champions because the titles are officially retired after this. Didn't have a long shelf life, and they weren't brought over to the WWF because you didn't need them. Then what do we get next? Sting. Cutting a promo, he's backstage, surrounded by bats hanging from the ceiling. Talking about WCW is coming to an end. He said he's going to be there. And, and when it comes to his flair match, he's hyping it up and saying, when it comes to staying in his future, nothing's for certain. Then we come back from the break. Vince is walking backstage, pal. And he's making his way to the ring because it's time to address WCW. But not before the main event happens. Ric Flair, Sting, to close off Nitro. Now, Flair has the audacity to shove Charles Robinson, who pushes him back. So... Nature Boy pushing Little Nature, and Flair is constantly running his sting, but falls over like he's hitting a brick wall, because, of course, Stinger. Sting even tosses Flair from the corner and hits a dropkick on him to send Flair to the outside. Sting even does that military press, drops him onto his back, and 10 punches in the corner. And, of course, Flair afterwards, Flair flop. I mean, you had to see that in the final Nitro. Sting is also holding Flair by the throat. Charles Robinson is like, hey, let go. He's focusing on Flair, and then Flair sneaks up with a low blow. The referee couldn't see it. Flair's dominating, gets that rolling knee drop away from the corner to the head of Sting. Flair goes up top, but of course, when Flair goes up top, it's rarely going to be successful. Sting grabs him and just throws him back to the canvas. I can't say toss him off, because if there are anybody in the UK listening to this, they'll say, hey, that means a different thing here in the UK. And Sting tries going with the comeback, tries to go for a drop kick, but Flair's holding the ropes to avoid getting hit and locks in the figure for a leg lock. The whole time Sting is in the hole behind the referee's back, Flair's grabbing the rope for leverage, and Sting falls back a couple times for the pin, drags Flair to the back to the center of the ring, and of course he rolls over, yeah, he rolls over his stomach to reverse the pressure and everything. Flair's trying to fight and everything, but Sting's doing the whole, whoa, no selling Hulk up shit, and all, everything like he usually does, kind of like reminiscent to their Clash of the Champions 1 match, so he's not selling the chops. Flair's flipping when whipped into the corner. Gets hit with a superplex off the top rope. Scorpion deathlock. Flair gives up. Sting helps Flair immediately up to his feet, and they both embrace each other many times with Pyro going off and everything. And that's the end of the final match on Nitro. But it's not end of Nitro fully just yet because now we got to close with the simulcast. So how does the simulcast end? Well, Vince McMahon is suddenly cut with the footage there where he's Turning around, ready to go back up the ramp, and he's ordering Lillian Garcia, You introduced me the right way, damn it! 
and she f does before he can get up, back up the ramp. Then he turns around and is like, all right, that's good enough. So now the simulcast is finally happening raw on both the USA Network and over on TNT. And he's reminding fans that he has now acquired WCW. And the sale isn't finalized just yet, but he claims that Time Warner was practically begging him to purchase the company. And he vows that he will sign the contract to finalize the deal at WrestleMania 17 when Ted Turner himself brings the contract down to him down in the ring. And he claims that he's solely responsible for the defeat of WCW with the, within the Monday Night War and everything like that. And he even wants Ted to watch WrestleMania in the front seat to watch him beat the shit out of his son Shane during the street fight. Then he decides, hey fans, what should I do with WCW? And he decides that he could put it on the shelf, he could make a, another conglomerate. He decides to ask the fans, hey, who should we sign? Should we sign Hogan? Mixed reaction. Lex Luger, pretty negative reaction. Buff Bagwell, yay, really positive reaction. Booker T, also really positive reaction. Scott Steiner, boom, big pop. Sign Sting, another big pop. And then the biggest one, Goldberg, yeah! Because he had a Goldberg sign in the crowd, and crowd is chanting Goldberg right at the end. But Vince declares that, hey, WCW is going nowhere, because now it's buried. And then he starts going off on the fans, but all of a sudden, here Vince's music playing because Shane's Titantron is showing because Shane didn't have his own entrance music until Backlash. And then we see, while the music's still playing, Shane is walking his way down to the WCW ring in Panama City Beach, Florida. Hmm. Surprise, Dad. He declares that even though during the WCW simulcast, you can see hear audio issues, like hear the audio right there in the arena and then a brief kind of echo there from being live on the mic and there in WCW so things were kind of out of sync I think they got it right on the raw side but it was a bit of an iffy issue there but he's saying that he's down like Vince you're down there up there in Cleveland Ohio I'm down here in Panama City Beach Florida and he questions Vince's decisions and stuff he was saying in his promo regarding the sale of WCW he announced that deal has been finalized and the contract does say McMahon he stops Crowd's hot. He's like, but the contract reads Shane McMahon. And he now owns WCW. And they're going to kick his ass once again like they've done so in the past. And Vince is just astounded. And that concluded the simulcast and the permanent end to WCW Nitro. And of course, we always got that little, little message that says, thank you and goodbye. So that right there was the entire final episode of Nitro. A ton of short matches for a bright, for a broadcast like that. Batman Bigelow and Sean Stasiak was way too damn short. Again, proof that companies did not know what to do with Bigelow. Uh, the Flair Sting match was pretty good for a closing match. The Cruiserweight stuff was always entertaining, of course. Booker Steiner could have been better. It just felt like they didn't get enough time. Because, again, like the longest match, I think, was Flair Sting. And that was around, like, seven minutes. Everything else was under that because everybody just had to get their shit in. Because we got so many matches to pack into this final show. But, I mean, it was a fine way for WCW to close out. I mean, I don't know anything else really much about WCW because I haven't caught up with stuff like that. Because I've been more of a WWE guy. But I feel that it was a fine way to go out with Spring Break and all that shit. So... Out of maybe 10 stars, maybe I'd give it about a 5. Because, again, a lot of short matches and everything just crammed together. 
just really felt iffy to me. Maybe six at the most. I'll give it an average five and a half there. Because, again, there are, if they planned things out better, it could have been a little better. But let me know what you all thought in the comment section below of the final episode of Nitro. I'm sure a lot of people who are watching this have already seen it. Let me know what you all thought about it in the comment section below. If you enjoyed today's episode, please remember to leave a like, subscribe to the bell, turn on if you're watching this on YouTube, or follow if you're listening to this on any other service that this podcast is available on. And I'll catch you all next time. Thanks for listening, everybody. Like, comment, subscribe. Peace out. And good day, everybody. And goodbye, Nitro.